Good morning, church. I've been asked to do the corporate prayer this morning. And this last week, I've had the words of an old hymn very much on my mind as I sort of think about everything that's happening around our state, around our nation, and actually around the the globe at the moment. Um, this, (coughs) This hymn actually is based on two scriptures, Isaiah 6, 3, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And Revelations 4.8, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to be evermore the same. And as we come to pray, I'd just like us to think of the Lord's holiness the fact that he is unchanging, evermore the same. The hymn that I'm thinking of was actually written by a guy called Reginald Heber, who was appointed the Bishop of Calcutta in 1823. He worked for three years tirelessly travelling around India preaching the gospel and sharing God's love with the Indian people. Uh, Sadly... His health was impacted by that, and he died at the age of 42. And while his wife was going through his papers, she found the words of this wonderful hymn that I'd like us to use as a basis for our prayer this morning. So let us pray. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, early in the morning our songs shall rise to thee. Holy, 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 merciful and mighty, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. Holy, 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 all the saints adore thee, casting down their golden crowns around the glassy sea. Cherubim and seraphim falling down before thee, who was and is and evermore shall be. Holy, 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 Though the darkness hide thee, though the eye of sinful man thy glory may not see, only thou art holy, there is none beside thee, perfect in power, in love and purity. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, all thy work shall praise thy name in earth and sky and sea. Holy, 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 merciful and mighty, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. Lord our God, we praise you for your holiness, for your faithfulness, and for your limitless love for us. We give thanks that at all times we can draw close to you, sure in the knowledge and confidence that your love and care for us is unchanging. Lord, during these difficult and testing COVID times, When so much seems uncertain, we pray for our community. We bring before you our leaders and ask that you empower them with wisdom and discernment. We bring before you all health and security workers and ask that they be given special skills as they care for and protect those who are ill and suffering and as they seek to prevent the spread of illness. We bring before you all those who are fearful and unsure of the future. Those facing not only physical pain, 
but also struggling with emotional and psychological tensions. Father, bring comfort and lift people above the day-to-day concerns and fears of this world. May they find peace and healing and wholeness in the knowledge of your holiness. We pray too, Lord, for those in nations facing dire circumstances in the midst of war and persecution, famine and natural disaster. Holy Lord, we do not understand and cannot comprehend the inhumanity and suffering that we see portrayed in the media every day. Lord, these things must truly sadden you. Let our hearts not become numbed to the needs of others and help us to know how we should respond in the face of situations that seem so overwhelming. Fill us each with a knowledge of your Lordship, regardless of circumstance. Holy Lord, we give thanks for the freedoms we have in this country, and in particular for the fact that the gospel can be openly shared. We pray for protection of religious freedom, and ask that current moves to change the laws in our state will not be allowed to slip through the parliament unnoticed or unchallenged. Similarly, we continue to pray for the abortion issue. May our political leaders have a true understanding for the sanctity of life, life that only you, our holy creator God, can give. Lord, as we approach the busyness of the Christmas season, we pray that the true meaning will not be lost in all the commercialism, glitter and tinsel. Lord, give us words to share with those we come into contact with. May we quietly point people to you and your unconditional love for humanity, love so clearly demonstrated in the coming of Jesus. Lord, we ask for the infilling and guidance of the Holy Spirit so that we can be witnesses for you in both word and deed. For the kingdom and the power and the glory are yours forever. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Anthony. And um, this, this next song um, really follows on from that sense that uh, our God is forever the same and he doesn't change uh, in who, who he is, that he is always faithful. And I know that uh, there's a lot of things happening for different people at the moment. And I just want to encourage you as we, we sing this song to be reminded of his unchanging character and that in our lives he is faithful and he will forever be faithful and his goodness will continue to follow us all the days of our lives. So let's stand together and uh, as we prepare for the word to be spoken over us, let's just come before him and uh, speak this song over us. never fails me and all my days I've been held in your hands from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head I will sing
Oh Lord, it's so good to sing of who you are and what you've done. And we do declare that you are a holy, holy, holy God. The whole earth is full of your glory and that you will be the same forever and ever and ever. And for that, we give you praise and thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may take your seats. Well, good morning. It's wonderful to be together. And it's wonderful to to sing and declare how good and amazing our God is. Uh, this morning's message really um, uh, is is a response to uh, all that we've been talking about this morning, and all that uh, I'm sure you've been talking about with family and friends as as what's happening in our our world. And uh, I just really felt like the Lord wanted us to speak this this message to us, and just to remind us of of His uh, sovereignty, uh, of who He is, and that He sustains and holds all things. And he works in all things for our, our glory and our goodness. Uh, but it's a message that I kind of had to preach to myself first uh, before being added to preach it because this was something that I, I struggled with. Um, and, and really, basically, the, the title of uh, my message this morning is What to Do When Your Best Laid Plans Are Thwarted. <laughs> so... I mean, we could have used many uh, words at the end of that sentence. Uh, interrupted was where I was heading at one point, uh, messed up in pieces, and you might relate to some of those those words. Uh, but I ended up with thwarted, uh, basically because it's a lovely word. And we don't get to say it very often, do we? <laughs> well, why don't you turn to the person next to you and say thwart? Uh, you, you at home, you at home, turn to someone and say thwart. See, it's a nice word, isn't it? So we'll use that word this morning. What do we do when our best laid plans are thwarted? See, the reality for many of us uh, in 2020, uh, many plans have been undone, messed up in pieces, thwarted. Uh, So what do we do? How do we live faithfully? How do we respond well uh, when our plans change? Uh, last Monday, uh, we were at Dave Potter's memorial service, and what, wasn't it just a wonderful time uh, for those who were there or those who watched online? And, and Judy, it's wonderful to have you with us today. But I was just uh, blessed uh, beyond all measure during that time. And I was just sitting back, and it felt like, you know how sometimes you go to a movie that really impacts you, that you walk out of the cinema and you're like, I've been changed because I've just witnessed something and I've been inspired that was what I was sensing as I was listening to testimonies about uh, relationship and faith and uh, perseverance. And I was kind of on this spiritual high and I was sitting there uh, in the service and I wasn't aware of all that was happening uh, like with political announcements and things in the morning. And Joe texted me the new restrictions in the middle of the service and oh, I, I, I struggled. I, I'll be honest with you. I, Oh, no, I felt like a kick in the guts, and I felt not again. So I went from this spiritual high to this, like, feeling physically sick. And I felt like the Lord said two things to me. Uh, the Holy Spirit sort of said, oh, that was an interesting reaction. Are you okay? <laughs> Are you okay? Um, and the second thing was, maybe didn't learn the lessons from last time. You know, when, when this first hit, 
uh, we were encouraging people, hey, use this as an opportunity to, to love your neighbour, to, to uh, spend more time with prioritising family and, and things like that. And we were really hot on that. And maybe, just maybe, the second round was an opportunity to go deeper into those things. So our plans changed constantly. Um, here I have with me the church calendar that we put together. Now, I don't know if you can see that at home, but it's a calendar and there's some wonderful things on here in 2020. There's um, women's and men's events, there's a church camp, there's uh, conferences, there's leadership days. And, uh, yeah, so that's just, that's what's, that's basically what's happened uh, for us as a church this year. It's important that we we make plans and it's good to have goals, uh, to have, you know, uh, things that we aspire to, three-year, five-year, ten-year goals. But the the reality, life constantly changes. And often as a result of that, uh, either through our decisions or the decisions and consequences of others, and Alan Klienthos beautifully spoke about that last week uh, in the context of suffering. Now, sometimes our suffering isn't anything to do with what God has, has made happen, but it's the consequences of what other people have done. Uh, and, and so uh, in our lives uh, that are constantly changing, constantly moving, uh, but... Uh, we are reassured with the fact that our God loves us and that he works uh, in those changes and he works uh, in those things. And a perfect example, of course, is the story of Joseph. Uh, The story of Joseph who had dreams and plans uh, to be uh, wonderful and he told everyone what his dreams and plans were uh, to his detriment. And the the consequence of other people's actions uh, caused all of these horrible things to happen to Joseph. But ultimately God worked in that. And Joseph himself says this in uh, Genesis uh, chapter 50. He says, You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. You see, the story of Joseph, unless those horrible things happen to Joseph, then his family and uh, all of Israel would not have been saved from famine. And the blessing that was... Uh, given to Abraham that the, all the, his descendants would be blessed uh, through his family. The lineage to Jesus would have been cut off uh, if it wasn't for what had happened to Joseph and how God used it for his purposes, the saving of many lives and ultimately the saving of our lives. We have Jesus now because of that situation. And so God turns things around for his purposes. Now, I need this perspective and I'm sure many of, uh, I can encourage you, many of you might need to have this perspective as well, this mindset, this faith and this trust that Jesus is Lord and that he is working uh, in all things for the benefit of those who love him. So what do we do when our, chain, our, our best laid plans are thwarted? I've got, a, got three things I want to speak about this morning. First of all, we need to prioritise people over programs. And this was uh, what was on Joe and I's mind when uh, this next uh, level of restrictions came in. Uh, our concern wasn't about the appearance of church and, and how we just make things look good or, or function and happen, the programs that we do. Our first and main concern was, ooh, lockdown, are the people okay? 
Are the people okay? Because the people are the church. The people are the priority over our programs. Um, uh, Diedrich Bonhoeffer in Life Together, he writes this. We must be ready to allow ourselves to be interrupted by God. God will be constantly crossing our paths and cancelling our plans by sending us people with claims and petitions. We may pass them by preoccupied with our more important tasks. It is a strange fact that Christians and even ministers frequently consider their work so important and urgent that they will allow nothing to disturb them. They think that they are doing God a service in this, but actually they are disdaining God's crooked yet straight path. And what he's saying there is that sometimes the interruptions are the people in our lives. Sometimes the changes are the people that come across our paths, but God puts them there for a purpose. And we shouldn't see the things that we do above the people that he gives us. And sometimes the path that God has for our our lives is straight, as in it's from here to there, but in order to get there, uh, there are some turns in place, the crooked yet straight path. A great example of this, and I know I've used this example before, uh, is the story of when um, Jarius's daughter was announced to be sick. And so Jesus is hanging out with a group of people, and uh, Jarius comes and he's in great need. His, his daughter is sick and uh, on her deathbed and really needs Jesus to come and to heal her. And so the agenda is set, the program is put in place, and they are about to, to head with urgency to Jairus's daughter. And, of course, in the midst of that journey, uh, the woman comes up and with faith touches Jesus's cloak. And Jesus straight away stops and he turns and he wants to have a conversation with and deal with a need that is right there that is... Uh, prevalent right there and, and now for this woman. And so you can imagine, and, and you do get this reaction with the people that were around Jesus. They're like, uh, Jesus, the, the program, the agenda, the urgency is over there. Why are we stopping? Um, I don't know about you, but I find it funny to imagine Jesus running for some reason. I mean, he was a human, so at some point he ran. But so there was this, maybe they were fast walking to Jairus's house. And so there's this big, long sort of, the program is over here, Jesus. The, the urgency, the, the priority is over here, and you've stopped. What's going on? And so Jesus prioritised this person and her need uh, above the, the program. And I think sometimes we ourselves need to see that and, and reflect on, on that story. Jesus how did he respond? He was gracious. He was respectful. He spoke to a need that was right there and then. And I know that this is challenging for uh, those who are parents. Uh, when our own children come and interrupt or change our plans and the things that we are thinking are urgent with our program, with what is important, perhaps sometimes just like Dietrich Bonhoeffer reminds us, that we see those as God opportunities to prioritise people over programs. So, the, so we, we need to do that. And then the second thing is to look at how the Holy Spirit might be leading you into something new. 
in the midst of the change, in the midst of uh, a messed up plan, how might the Holy Spirit be leading and guiding? How might a closed door over here mean that he is opening a door over here? Prime example for us as a church is that if COVID hadn't happened, we wouldn't be sitting where we're sitting today. Uh, as a door closed, the Spirit led us and guided us into a new open door. And so it is for us in our personal lives. As we reach uh, c- calamity or uh, pressure or uncertainty or uh, uh, desires thwarted, what is, how is God at work in that? What opportunities that wouldn't exist if those change of plans hadn't occurred. Now, as I was reflecting on uh, this particular um, concept, the, the idea of, of Paul and the way he had planned his missionary journeys came to mind. You see, Paul had the desire, and you see it in his writing, as he planted churches, he longed to be with the, the, the churches that he planted and to meet with them again. You, you get that sense in his letters, don't you, how I long to be with you. And in his missionary journeys, he would plan. He'd go, well, I'm going to go here, I'm going to spend some time there, and then I'm going to head over there. Uh, did, did you know that uh, in the Scriptures there's 42 times where Paul's plans had to be changed, whether that be through uh, persecution or uh, fear of going back to Jerusalem and the, 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 the crowd <laughs> mugging him. Uh, sometimes there was actually uh, disputes uh, that he had with churches and he thought it would be better to personally write to them than it would be to, to go there. He was shipwrecked and, of course, he was in prison. Forty-two times Paul's plans were thwarted. And what is Paul's response in all of those things? It's really interesting. He had an attitude of gratitude that he saw the Holy Spirit's leading that he saw closed doors as opportunities for other doors to open. It's this interesting passage in uh, Acts chapter 16, where Paul uh, is uh, on his second missionary journey, and he, he and his companions travelled throughout the region of that place and Galatia, <laughs> having been kept, isn't that interesting, by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. And when they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. Isn't that interesting? Twice in, in, that, in, in that little passage, it's actually God that, that stops, the, that closes the door. It's actually God that's actually at work, not just uh, the outside circumstances. And so I want to maybe ask the question, is, is God sometimes closing our doors and changing our plans uh, in order for new things to open up? Maybe, maybe going to two services next week is what God has always wanted us to do. Maybe. That wouldn't have ever happened unless uh, these restrictions. And so Paul ends up in prison and what is his response? Is he there crying his heart out, upset, frustrated, annoyed? Or is he singing hymns? 
Paul and Silas sit there in prison and they're singing hymns with this attitude that I think we all need to take a little bit off this morning. Even though his plans were turned upside down, he didn't stop praising Jesus for who he is and what he'd done. And out of that praise, the earth joined in. There was an earthquake and they were released from prison. But Paul's um, third uh, missionary journey, he wanted to end up uh, in Spain, around that, that sort of area, and again, he ends up in prison. He ends up under house arrest in Rome. So his plans, once again, are changed. But here, in house, under house arrest, Paul writes the letters to the Ephesians, to the Philippians, to the Colossians, and to Philemon. Now, again, here's a desire to be a missionary, to reach uh, new people groups, and to touch people with the gospel. And that plan is thwarted and he's ended up under prison guard under house arrest in Rome and what happens he wrote some of the most beautiful letters in scripture that I'm sure you and I would struggle in our Christian faith without the full armor of God being seated in the heavenly realms Uh, Bill spoke uh, a couple of weeks ago about his favorite verse being Philippians 4 7 you know, we wouldn't have those amazing uh, scriptures and encouragement unless Paul's plans were thwarted and unless he was there under house arrest uh, writing those wonderful, wonderful words. So how, when our plans are changed, might we be led into something that previously perhaps wouldn't happen, perhaps would then bless others? May our eyes be open to the possibilities. And I know that I've been um, journeying and, and talking with a number of people in our own church community whose, whose uh, livelihoods and jobs uh, are under threat as, as um, you know, companies change and make, make changes uh, in response to what's happening around us. And I just have, I've been encouraging them in this whole concept as a door closes, what is being opened up to you? What opportunity are you being led into? that you would not have otherwise had if that door hasn't, hadn't have closed. And so in 1 Corinthians it's written, however is, as it is written, no eye has seen what no ear has heard and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. And these things God has revealed to us by his spirit. As the spirit leads us, he reveals these wonderful plans that he has for our lives. So we look to the Spirit's leading, we prioritise people, and number three, we ask how God's purposes and plans are being outworked. You see, we love to make our plans and our human uh, efforts, and it feels like sometimes we're on a, a level of the material, of the practical and all the while, God's will and God's purposes and plans, the spiritual uh, that is higher, is also uh, outworking itself. And sometimes we're just so concerned about our own uh, material, natural lives that we take our eyes off what God might be doing and how the spiritual 
uh, realms and God's plans and his ultimate will is being outworked. See, Isaiah says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. God's ways and thoughts and plans and will is higher than ours. And also in Proverbs 19, it says, Many are the plans of a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. We may make our plans on that level, but it is ultimately God's eternal plan and will that prevails. The, um, as I was thinking about this concept, the story of uh, Jesus raising Lazarus comes to mind. It's an amazing uh, story that we see uh, in John chapter 11, and it's the, the story where Jesus, um, Jesus loved this family, Mary, Martha, and, and Lazarus. And it's, it's, the, it's the story where we get the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. And I just love that because here is our Saviour who is not far removed from our circumstances, from our plans feeling like they're turned upside down. But he's one who can empathise and sympathise and get alongside uh, each and every one of us. And he can say, I know what it feels like for my friends to betray me. I know what it feels like to be beaten. I know what it feels like to be left alone. I know what it feels like. And so he comes along and he, he weeps and he, he is there with them in the midst of their pain. And I just think that's the most beautiful thing. But before they get to that point, Jesus says this really interesting thing. In verse 4, he said, When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Really interesting that we might on a humanistic plane go, this is a horrible situation. Death is not great. There is pain, there is suffering. And yet in the spiritual realm, there was a purpose and a will being outworked. And that is that the Son of God might be glorified. That is that he might do a miracle and we might see the glory of the Son outworked in the midst of that pain and that circumstance. And I just I was thinking about this and thinking how, how might God be wanting to do a miracle in our lives? How might he be wanting to operate in a way that only he can do in these circumstances that we find ourselves in? How might his will and purpose and plan being outworked? And I thought just one of the most simplest ways is that we can witness to others how we handle ourselves in the midst of change. As these things happen to us and as our, our plans are thwarted, how we respond and how we are gracious and how we 
remain faithful and trusting in who God is and who he said he is, then in that we are witnessing to him and he gets the glory and maybe there's a miracle that others might come to know Jesus because of it. So how are we prioritising people over programs in our changing plans? Who is it that the Lord has brought into your life that in this time he's calling you to get alongside perhaps? And that's why it's important that we're wanting to go to two services next week because we think it's important that we come together, that we prioritise being together. And is the Holy Spirit leading you into something new? Is he opening a door that wouldn't have otherwise been opened if it was not for these circumstances? And let's be a people who live by faith, not by sight. A people daring to believe that God may be wanting to work a miracle in these circumstances, something that glorifies our Saviour, Jesus. I just want to end with a um, quote from John Piper as I was sort of looking into this message this morning. As we talk about change of plans, being messed up, ruined, interrupted, thwarted, John Piper writes, By all means, make your list of to-dos for the day. By all means, get as good as you can get and prioritise the list. Get first things first, make your plan, do the very best you can, go ahead and read a book about it. Then, walk in the peace and freedom that, when it shatters on rocks of reality, which it will most days, You're not being measured by God, by how much you get done. You're being measured by whether you trust the goodness and the wisdom and the sovereignty of God to work this new mess of inefficiency for his glory and for the good of everyone involved, even when you can't see how. Sometimes we can't see how on earth things are going to turn around and change and how God is going to work in it and how he's going to bring about good out of circumstances. But we're being measured by whether we trust the goodness, the wisdom and the sovereignty of God to work this new mess of inefficiency for his glory and for the good of everyone involved. Let's pray. Uh, Lord, as we've mentioned this morning, there is, there is so much happening in, in people's lives right now. And we want to respond with, with trust and knowing that you are sovereign, knowing that you are Lord over all. Sometimes, Lord, we struggle with that. Sometimes in reality, we respond in ways where we feel down. And we can't see how you could ever change things. And so, Lord, for the people who are listening in at home and for the people who are here and for the situations that are coming to light right now as we think about uh, the, the future uh, year coming to an end and, and what's, what's before us in this next year, may we be a people of faith not by, uh, who walk by faith, not by sight, people who would uh, prioritise the people around us, 
who would look to the, how you're leading us to perhaps participate with you in something new that wouldn't come about. And help us to look at the higher planes, to the eternal plan that you are outworking, to make a difference that isn't just about today and tomorrow, but is about all of eternity. It's about people's souls. It is about your gospel. And so, Lord, for anyone who is, is suffering, anyone who is uh, feeling the effects of yet another time, help us to lift our eyes to you. Help us to look to you, the one who lifts our souls, the one who uh, enables us to see things as you see them, not as we see them. And so, Lord, I ask that you would be working in every life here, that you would be working in miraculous ways, that in, in, in weeks, in months, in years' time, we look back and go, wow, God, only you could do that. Only, only you, a miracle-working God, could have turned this around and that we would speak like Joseph and say, man, it was intended for evil, but you made it for good. And because of it, so many lives have been saved. And so, Lord, we look to you now and ask that you just be speaking to us in our own personal lives and as the lives of us as a church, that we'd be looking to you. In Jesus' name, amen. And as we um, yeah, think about our own circumstances or things that we know other people are going through let's stand together and um, really use this last song as a, as a prayer that he would take our weakness and our failure that he would um, use it for the world to see his life in us let's stand and sing Broken and scattered In mercy gathered Mended and whole Empty-handed But not forsaken I've been set free Laying yourself down Raising up the Thank you for the words that you've spoken. And Lord, I just pray that as we leave this space today or as we leave our lounge rooms from watching this morning, Lord, that we'd just be reminded of the way that you are at work, that we would not just have our eyes on our circumstances, but we'd, Lord, Lord lift them up to see what you might be doing and what you might be calling us to how we might be being asked to participate in something that is so much bigger and greater than ourselves. So Lord, I just pray for your encouragement, for your wisdom, for your love to go forth and be with us as we 
head out into the world and as we bear witness to your goodness uh, amongst us. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us this morning and for joining us online. And once again, just a reminder that uh, you'll be uh, advised early in the week what uh, we're going to be doing in the next couple of weeks as we change our plans because they've been thwarted. Um, But we're trusting that God's going to be working in it and that we're going to see wonderful things happen amongst us as a church community. So, uh, yeah, I encourage you to be blessed as you go uh, now and welcome you back next week as we gather together in his name. Amen.